probably did hate Mayo and we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams. The Football Pod live Thursday, June 2nd in Castle Bar. Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now. The Football Pod on OTB Sports. In partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there, and you're very welcome along to episode 16 of the Football Pod. Coming in hot from New York City. Hello, Paddy. <laughs> Hello, James. How are you doing, What's boys? Right? Just to know, we're not all in New York City. Just you, Tommy. You, Just me. You Just used me up half our budget to fly to the States. Well done. Hope you're enjoying it. I used my passport to get over here. No uh, no trouble uh, getting across, Shannon. And uh, I did a negotiation. camera, is it? Why am I looking? All right? I'll tell you what, I can see every every mark on your face there. You handsome. <laughs> Thank you very much, James. <laughs> Looks great. How are you? Are you scared after the weekend? Scared? Mm. Oh, I got through it unscathed, I think. Did you? <laughs> You're roughing a few feathers there on Twitter, were you? You're getting excited. A little bit of gentle trolling hurt nobody, but they did get a bit defensive, all right, the old Cork road. I did see that, all right. Come here, we're not doing a road show on Cork, I hope, are we? <laughs> you have to on the agenda. I, was after, I was after droning 10 kittens the way they reacted, like. <laughs> they thought I was after turning against my own. I think I, they have to realize I'm Kerry, like. Kerry versus Cork, not Kerry with Cork. They weren't happy, James. <laughs> there you was some off the right? off there on Twitter. <laughs> I uh, I chuckle in through them. I have to say, <laughs> I got off. Uh, I got off the plane in JFK, and uh, I switched on my data for a second, and all I could see was our WhatsApp group hopping from about an hour an hour before that when Paddy started getting excited that Cork were putting up a bit of a fight. <laughs> and to be fair to them, James, for fifty minutes they did. They um they had a very good defensive plan, but. They didn't have part B of the plan, I think, which was go and win the game. Well, before I get into the analysis from you, I think you summed it up fairly well on Twitter. Cork finishing that game with 10 fellas wearing gloves on the nicest day of the year for football says it all, really. Does that really analyse the whole game? It wasn't analysis. It was just an observation. But no, in fairness, like down here, wearing gloves on a sunny day would be, would be unacceptable behaviour. <laughs> okay, go on, go on. Is this legit now? Or are you just carrying on the trowel from the weekend? No, this is legit. Like, if it's a sunny day, the only grip you need of the ball would be built up of a bit of sweat, the stick of the grass, and an old Joycey spit in the hands. Like, <laughs> that's, 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 that's like. <laughs> That's as much grip as you need. You have you have the odd outlier in terms of wearing gloves, like you have your Canties, you have your Kieran Whelan's. Those horrendous gloves, the big joint ones. Yeah, yeah like the, they were diabolical. They were fashionable as well. But when it comes down to it, you want your your ball players to be comfortable enough on the ball to not have to wear gloves on a sunny day. You want them to exactly, have that clean yeah. the ball. It yeah. reminds me. It reminds yeah. me of being not the Roy King, like, genuinely. Yeah. It was a Kino S, a Kino inspired tweet. Like, I know he was definitely thinking I think, it as a. Oh, he was, he was. James, I, I, I think you may have mis uh, or underestimated the power of the internet because immediately Sean Ryan, who I feel is from Cork, got back with a photo of James O'Donoghue up against Kieran Thompson and Eamon Doherty of Donegal in what is definitely a sunny day. 
and they're all wearing gloves. Well, they they can't be sunny day then. He's caught you out there, Reiner. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, it does look like a mucky day, so maybe it's the middle of February, so we'll give you that one. Uh, but yeah, he got back saying, this you, so we kind of got you there. Um, yeah. He got you know, early in the morning to catch out, Reiner. Me, because it would have to be lashing rain. In fact, what you do is, you'd actually almost be resigned to wearing gloves. You check, do we definitely have to wear them? Is it definitely slippy enough for gloves? Try and get away with them as much as you, without, try and get away without them as much as you could. Yeah. We were so good. Remember that 15 final in the monsoon? None of us wore gloves. That's how much feel we had for the ball. Like. So I agree with you. I thought the Cork lads were all over the shop. If I was playing, if I was playing on a sunny day and I saw a fella run into me wearing gloves and the sun was splitting the stones like it was, I'd say, this fella's a mulliker. That's exactly <laughs> the part that through my head. Jimmy's got to get this pod cancelled here. Like. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't even hear the words. Last time you was there outside of Glovegate. Glovegate. Oh, yeah, outside of Glovegate. Yeah, like were you worried at any stage in Parky Run? What was paint the picture for us? Like, was it was it nice being in a provincial ground packed out for a, a monster semi final? Yeah, it was. It was um, savage atmosphere. It was fifty fifty. Kerry Cork. I think you know Kerry had a lot of season ticket holders that got the tickets early. Went up, supported the lads, and it was very noisy. Um, as we said last week, pitch played very small, like it played very short. I know that the, they were saying in the crowd that they never play hurling in Park Urin because it is shorter. Actually, I didn't think it was, but it, it actually is shorter. So it was very, it was very easy for both teams to get back behind the ball, um, mm. which was the case in the first half. And the crowd were kind of doing a bit of moaning and groaning at that. But every hit, every score, every turnover was cheered massively. Like, so there was a great intensity in the first half. But as I said, when it needed a couple of ball players for Cork to come out and, and win it for them, they didn't have them on the field, I think, or they didn't have the plan maybe to go and win the game. It was more of a keep it, keep it nice and handy kind of a, a tactic, yeah, I think. To be honest, from watching it on TV, I agree. I think it looked a lot better. I've seen Kerry Cork games more in more recent times, or they're in Porky Cueve, or they're in Killarney, and it's not a big crowd. And we touched on it, and we'll see it this weekend in the Leinster Championship. Games yeah. where there's not a big crowd there in bigger stadiums. It just it just looks flat. It's flat to be at. It's flat to play in. So you definitely got the sense uh, on Saturday night that it was a, it was a cracking atmosphere. And, and what, I think it was around 10,000 Porky Rain. Is that right? Yeah. There were still tickets going around. Even the Kerry clubs didn't sell all their tickets. Yeah. But I'd say they were picked up late maybe. But, but, but it looked good. You're right. I think the surrounding suited Cork's game plan and to be fair to them, like, 50 minutes on the clock, it's 12.10. And Cork are right in it. Stephen Sherlock, to be fair, he didn't do a whole pile from play. He got that amazing point from playing the first half. Mm. It was his free taken outside of that that was kind of keeping Cork in touch. Cahill O'Mahony and, and Hurley were chipping in, but look, they weren't shooting the lights out, but they were just keeping in touch with Kerry. And then what, what was ultimately a team over the weekend and the other two games as well, coming down the stretch, the, the underdogs kind of just ran out of steam. And yeah. in that last 20 minutes, Kerry would score Cork 11 points to one. So as admirable as the effort and the setup and some of the, the, the defensive displays, Powder, uh, Kevin Flav again had a great battle with um, with David Clifford. Ian McGuire playing and <laughs> ropey enough whether he should have played. <laughs> and it looked like he was definitely carrying a knock with his wrist, but fair play to the lads. So we expect the Cork to come out of the blocks and put up a fight. Um, and they did, and the atmosphere, the whole build-up around the game played into that. 
but ultimately when they just kind of ran out of gas the last 20 minutes Kerry just blew them away mm. as we expected very similar I'm sure we'll touch on it in the Connacht semi-final you know it's 12-5 between Galway and Leitrim at half time and Leitrim are putting up a serious fight second half they're outscored 4-8 to 4 points that's kind of what we expected it's just that trying to keep up that intensity when you're not used to playing at that level it's, it's a bit of skill, it's a bit of conditioning, it's a bit of experience. All of those things come in. It happened to Cork, it happened to Leitrim. To be fair, it probably happened to Cavan a little bit as well. Probably a little bit unlucky with some of the goals. But again, 15 minutes to go, it's 14 points apiece. And you're thinking Cavan are putting up a serious fight. A Division 4 team, albeit they won Division 4, taking on Donegal and they end up losing the game by six or seven points as well. So that was a common team we've seen across the weekend. Lots of positives for Cork, for Leitrim, for Cavan to take out of it. But ultimately all three that bit of experience that bit of a class showed in the end and, and, and Kerry was probably the most obvious in that last 20 minutes fully deserved winners you know yeah, when I, you say about, sorry Tommy do you know when you say about running out of steam yeah hmm. I always think that if you have the ball you're doing a lot less work uh, 100% if you're chasing it do you know what I mean so yeah. even mentally 100% yeah. 100%. You'd easily yeah. make a run to get on the end, of a, <laughs> the end of a ball than you are going the other way. Do you know well, if you I have mean? a chance of nicking a goal, I'll make that sprint. But if yeah. running back after someone else, it's an absolute ball breaker. So exactly, I yeah. absolutely agree. So yeah. I, I just think if if Cork had maybe just in their plan just to get a couple of ballers on the field, just to launch a couple of attacks, just on that 55-hour mark to get a couple of scores for them, kind of refresh the batteries. But I know it probably was a quality thing, but... Yeah. Like it, they were just just getting back, and then when you turn it over up front, you have to get back again, and then your yeah. forward turn it over. It's just it, it is very draining, and the night was so hot, and and the temperature was so high. It was it was always a big ask. But James, hopefully, if Cork had those players, they wouldn't be nearly relegated to Division Three. They wouldn't be where they are if they had that experience. If they had uh, like their mentality and their attitude was not couldn't be questioned after Saturday night. There was a serious bit of fight in them. Organizing a team defensively is one of the easier things to implement in a team. It's it's about attitude and organization. An attacking game plan, there's a it's a lot harder to implement and and be really slick up front. We talked about it last week with Galway, um, in terms of finding that balance between yes, being really solid defensively, but then being able to attack at speed and hurt teams. Yeah. And Cork aren't there yet. Now bear in mind they're playing the favourites for the All Ireland. They're not going to come up against Kerry every week. They're hoping for a favourable draw in the qualifiers. But defensively, defensively, their, their setup was really good. But if they had that quality and they had that experience of playing that game plan and attacking, they wouldn't be where they are. So it's a good starting point, but that's what they're hoping to work on, Kevin Cleary and, and the rest of that team over the next couple, couple of weeks. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, 100%. But like, I, I just think it's interesting. I think we can linger here for a couple of minutes, lads. Like, when you talk about... Andy Moran talked about the conditioning and the difference in the conditioning when the Leitrim yeah. lads are up against the Galway lads. As you said, Paddy, that, you know, 20 minutes in, it's 5-3. And that second half score of 4-8-4. Like, that's the difference yeah. there. And even Carlo Mahoney kicks Cork to within a point on the 51st minute. Yeah. And it's 12 points to one after that. That conditioning, does it take long to get... From like we think back to Jim McGuinness when he went into Donegal, right? And I know it's a bit of a stretch to go to Jim McGuinness, but Jim McGuinness in eleven had that uber defensive game plan. And I know the condition that might have been there just before that, but he had a super defensive game plan. 
that screwed up teams that made them change what they were doing. We saw that. I call it an epic, but you know the the, the game is still there. And then the game against Dublin in the semi final. What mm. didn't, was that like a a very difficult watch that game in the semi final against Dublin? And in the following year, they progressed their their strategy, brought in more of an attacking formula. Mark McHugh's role evolves. Yeah. Like, does it take long for a team like Cork? We look at Cork as a county. They have got the third biggest population in the country. They have the most GA clubs in the country with 259. Dublin are next with 134. Antrim 108. Limerick 101. And in terms of registered GA players, only Dublin have more than Cork. Cork have 33,382 registered GA players. Yeah, but we pay all our players, which they don't. So that's an advantage for us. They get okay. free gloves for payment. <laughs> <laughs> we had a choice between gloves or being paid by AIG. What, what, what's, we paid what's the salaries sense? from AIG instead. What's your sense of how far a county like that, how long should it take them to get their house in order? I'd be careful about using the word conditioning to describe that. Like, It's not just about, because I see people kind of saying, well, isn't everyone not training away for three or four months? Hmm. Yes, like the aerobic conditioning is a part of that and being able to run up and down the pitch for 60 or 70 minutes. That takes time to build that up. But it's also experience of playing that level of football at that intensity. And you can be really fit and run up and down the pitch in Division 3 or Division 4. But the change when you play, when you go into game scenarios against the top teams, it's the collisions you're taking. It's the time you have on the ball. It's your decision-making. That's not just conditioning. Conditioning, people just think, oh, they can't run for 70 minutes. It's about... Mm the speed and the intensity of the game. And you see it across the board. The last 15, 20 minutes when you're knackered, like I've been knackered, Dublin are tired. Our, our team that won loads of big games are tired with 15 or 20 minutes to go, but we're experienced at playing at that level. We, we know what that feels like. We know our decision-making needs to be, we need to be so, so spot on at that point because that's the first type of things that, that goes when you get tired. You start taking bad options. You start missing shots. You start fumbling the ball. All of those type of things. That's what I'm talking about. It's not just physical conditioning. Mm-hmm. And if you're not playing at that level in Division 1 and against the top teams or playing those big championship matches year on year, you're not really getting that condition. You can't replicate that by doing mass runs for four months of the year. That is an important factor of it, but there's so much more behind that. And, and that's, you can see Cork, they're working really hard. They get bodies back. You can see it with Leitrim against Galway. You can see it with even Cavan in, in their game against Donegal. But it's down the stretch. You're knackered with 20 minutes to go. And you're not used to that. Mm. That's when you start seeing your ball skills start failing you. You start taking bad options. You start kicking bad wides. You start fouling easily. That's what we're talking about, conditioning and things like that. That's the big advantage the top teams have. That's why it's so important to be in Division 1, to be exposed to those games, because that's the only way you're going to learn. Very hard to replicate that in training. And if you're training really, really hard, which I'm sure Cork are, I'm sure lots of teams around the country are, but it's that intensity and all of those things that comes with it, decision-making and skill execution. That's You, you can't buy that. You have to go through that that experience. And, and I think that's, that's conditioning as well. And, and, and Cork, not just Cork, you can see a lot of the teams in the lower divisions are going to struggle when they come up against the top teams for maybe 20, 30 minutes, they'll be able to put it up to them, but then it really kicks in and that's where the, the best teams pull away. I think can we, you put a num- can you put a number on it, Paddy? Just sorry, James. Can you put a number on how many years it takes for just say a county that has 
all of the, the right environment. A county that has... It's, 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 it's not like some secret formula, Tommy. If you've got brilliant players, they can adapt to it a hell of a lot quicker. Like James okay. is right. If you're keeping the ball and your game plan, you have lots of possession, it's easier. You're, you're not tying yourself out as much. If you haven't got really skillful players or guys that can kick scores for you out of nowhere then it's probably going to take you a little bit longer because you're not going to get to the later stages of the championship. It's, it's just a, a circle. that it, mm. If you haven't got the raw materials, it's going to take you longer to get up to that level. Um, if you do, and that's what I would argue with, with Jim McGuinness's Donegal team, he had guys that could score. He had excellent defenders, guys like Carl Lacey and things like that as well. The, the raw materials were there to yeah. allow them to, to get to the top of the pyramid a little bit quicker. You look at someone like, I'll give an example with Claire. McCollum Collins do an unbelievable job seven or eight years and they're training away and they're punching above their weight but they're not pushing in to win a Munster Championship big Munster Championship games or, or getting their goal in Division 1 because they probably haven't got the quality technical quality of players to go alongside David Hubbard or something like that that's going to kick scores and win them those games or have real tight man markers and then you're looking at someone now Derry would be an example of that where they've got defenders who can mark, they've got a forwards who can score and Rory Gallagher's got them up to speed probably a little bit quicker than some other counties. So it's dependent on everything that goes in it, the raw material yeah. you have at your disposal, um, which, which arguably you could say Cork should have with that size of, of playing population. But um, but that's going to be the timeline on it. There's no, if you do this in two years' time, you're guaranteed to be having success. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Did you want to come in there, James? Yeah, I was just thinking that there's been teams um, in the recent past that have been ultra-conditioned. You say you see them and you think, my God, they're bursting out of the jersey, they're fit as fiddles, but yeah. it doesn't yeah. necessarily transfer over into being a great team from who, that. Who are you thinking of? Kildare under Geezer? Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking of Kildare and at different stages. They're definitely one. Yeah. Um, I remember, lads, just an anecdote on this. We, we played them. I'm not sure if McGinney was still the coach, but we played them in the first game of the National League, one January. We'd won the All-Ireland the year before and we enjoyed it. And we were, uh, we were away in the team holiday. We used to go after Christmas. We used to go in early January. Can't remember which one it was. And we arrived back on the Wednesday night into Dublin and we're playing Kildare on the Saturday night in Croker in the first game of the National League. Jeez. These boys have been blowing the hinges off their training for about three or four months. We were hearing all of this and literally three days beforehand, we were still on the cocktails and like lads getting after sun and they were peeling. They were peeling on the flight home. <laughs> <laughs> we played them in Croker that night and we absolutely blew them out of order. And we had nothing done for months. We'd literally been on the beer for three months. And like that's a psychological thing as well, but it's that's, like to show, that's what we're talking about. It's not just training for three months and saying, well, Jesus, we should be in the mix to compete for All-Irelands here. It is not yeah. like that. No. And come here, what's, what's your cocktail of choice on one of those All-Ireland holiday? Well, it depends. Depends what time of day it is. Early in the morning, <laughs> you, might have an, you might have a long island just to settle the nerves. Pina colada around lunchtime? Yeah, pina colada is very refreshing there. Um, and then in the evening, sure, it's world's your oyster at that point. A, a <laughs> number of cocktails. A long island to settle the nerves, though. It's always a good one around 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> James, like, has intercounty football gone to the stage now where, you know, shows like the underdogs, where we would have seen the likes of Donny and, and many others come through in the mid-2000s? Um, 
can boys be plucked out of club football nowadays and dropped into county? And landed in some interviews last week. It sounds like they can. By who? Who was that? Yeah. I have uh, Bamie Bonnet about an interview I read last week from a club oh, player. Yes, yes, yes. I, I don't think you can be plucked from a club and landed into even inter-county training full belt. I, I honestly don't think, never mind being plucked from a club and land into playing league and championship week in, week out. Like I, mm-hmm. I've seen fellas come in from club, like excellent players, very fit, but just the exposure to the extra level of intensity in both the gym and the pitch has really caught up with fellas. Like I know we said about timeline and things, but like you are talking at least 12 months. Like, if if a team was to look at a young fella, maybe a 20-year-old, and think he's going to be good maybe in two or three years, he'd want to get into the setup, you know, two years before they think he's going to be that yeah. player, to give him that time to become accustomed to both the gym work and the field work and the atmosphere in the dressing room, you know, just to be settled. Because it is, to answer your question, I think it's very hard to be dropped in there and expected to just pick up that level. I don't think it happens. Uh, did it happen a decade ago when you were both breaking through? Like, was there more of a chance to kind of... The, the, the only know, time I've seen it, the only time I've seen it in all of our players where two lads came in and they were in the mix straight away was Kilkenny and Jack McCarthy. We had Conor Callahan, uh, Brian Howard, exactly what James described. Jim used to do that. We'd bring in, you'd know these guys have got talent and you'd bring them in. But it was two years. Can- Almost two years before they were exposed I, to actually playing. That's interesting. But that was 2013. And like what yeah, I would say about that is that what I would say about that is that the, the body composition of James McCarthy changes so much from eleven when he's like James is what maybe twenty two. But like to like to what he is in sixty like he got put on so much muscle mass. If you look at Paul Flynn, Paul Flynn is a different size t shirt in all of his all stars from eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. <laughs> it seemed like you were evolving with the game though, and that your gym took on maybe different levels or the amount of conditioning yeah. that your squad that's, builds up. That's, you, what's, you, what's, the, what's the phrase? The is, it, is, it compound, is it compound training? Training or? age. Your training oh, age. Yeah. yeah. And it just kind of, you guys kind of developed and, and rolled with that. Like James, did it change like you It wasn't guys? just us. There was loads of teams. That, that yeah, no, of course. But the game, the, the game evolved around that time. I think mm-hmm. the science around Gaelic football has obviously changed so much in the last 10 years. You even look at Clifford and Sean O'Shea now, recently, like before COVID and after COVID. Their physicality and their, their, I would have them as two freaks on a, yeah. you know, on a par with like McCaffrey or, or Kilkenny for us who will go on to be iconic players for us. That's what the two boys are for Kerry now. And for them, even as good as Clifford was, it still takes a little bit. Like he's a lot better now than he was when he first came in. As good as he was yeah. because you can see the talent. It just takes time. And, I'm, and I'm just, how many times have you seen club players or like a, Every year we used to see it with them guys that come out or you talk to people and it's like, this guy's flying with the club. He, he should get a run with Dublin and you're going, mate, I'm telling you, you do not appreciate the difference from club level. I mean, really good to, I'm not talking about making a squat, like to actually play senior inter-county championship. It's chalk and cheese. Yeah. Well, it was nearly a week ago now. Let's get to it. Eugene Brannigan was named the AIB Club Popular of the Year. Um, had an unbelievable campaign with Kilku. <laughs> and like we've brought up County Down a couple of times in this podcast. And every time. It was Paddy, out with Jimmy, you were out with them in Cork on Saturday night, were you? <laughs> <laughs> was, 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 you? Down in Parky Rin, yeah. There you go. But like, to, to be fair, any time we brought up 
down county football in the last couple of weeks. It's been around their relegation. It's been around their manager walking out the door after, uh, you know, a disciplinary breach at a training camp in Dublin. Like we know down football isn't in a good place, but Eugene yeah. Brannigan's comments didn't go down very well last week. And I'm not going to linger on his comments for too long, Paddy, because I want you to have your say in it. But essentially the guts of what he said was they haven't the winning mentality in there and down. And I think that's why a lot of the Kukugo boys don't want to be involved. He went on to say that maybe if there's a different manager, um, you know, it, it might, they might have changed the mindset. So he's, he's kind of thrown aside there, James McCarthy, um, in a way that I don't think is totally fair. It's, how could you, I think a lot has been said about those comments, Paddy. You, you, you want to have a say about a piece today? About no, I, I just say, right, caveat it, right? We, I did a lot of player interviews when I was playing. James, you would have been the same. And they're not exactly rip-roaring stuff that you're usually getting. It's usually pretty bland and you're, yeah, we're all great fellas and we have a tough game at the weekend and sure, that's it. And you move on. So it's not exactly cutting-edge stuff. So when a player comes out and speaks their mind and gives an honest opinion, you have to give some sort of credit to that. But when you do that, you are opening yourself up to... People, some people might agree with you and some people might criticise you for how, how honest or how candid you might be. I read this article last week and I actually had to do a double take and read it back again. I was like, this is a guy who has done well with a club and he's up there with his moment of glory on his high horse collecting a club award and he's throwing the whole down football team under the bus. There's no other way for it. They don't have a winning mentality. They don't know how to win. This is James McCartan, who was the coach of Down, one of, like a GAA legend, but one of Down's greatest ever players, part of their most successful period ever. In the early 90s, winning two All-Irelands, he's the coach. They're throwing him under the bus. And just the tone of the interview. But the worst part was, this guy has never played one minute of inter-county football at any level, not even the token under-15 job. And here he is, his moment of glory with his club award, throwing everyone else under the bus that they don't have a mentality. What credibility does he have of a not bothered his arse to ever even, he's been asked in to play with Down and can possibly change it. And they're not in a good place. And yes, maybe there are some issues there, but for a guy that's never been even in the, in the scene, has been on the team or bothered to represent Down, I thought it lacked any sort of credibility it annoyed me, and you can probably hear it in my voice, and annoyed a lot of people looking at it. This idea that because you play well with the club, sure, you could go in and, and you just stroll into an inter-county team. That's not how it works. There's no idea what sacrifice and what dedication goes in. And yes, they aren't being successful and they're struggling for form at the minute, but at least those guys are putting themselves out there. And yes, they might have went on, had a night's out and things like that, but that's to be, for the team to sort out internally. But for the guy to just sit in the sidelines and now I'm not arse playing and to look at them, so why would I get involved? They've no winning mentality because I've won one club award. I, I it annoyed the shit out of me, I have to <laughs> I, say. I, I can hear it has. James, do you want to jump in before I, I throw a spanner in the works? The only thing that I will add to that, because in fairness, Paddy spoke well on it, is that if you do have this winning mentality, winning okay, mentality. Why not put yourself into the panel and let others learn from you if you think you're that kind of way inclined, yes. if you're that much of a leader or that special? Sure, you're that much of a legend, Jimmy. Would you not go in yeah. and 
let the lads learn off you, like if you're such a hero. I'm nearly thinking like if he could surely, if he has this mentality, surely you don't keep it to yourself. You nearly go in and let fellas and see could you improve the group as well? And yeah, I I just think it was a bit a bit of a selfish comment, and I think he was caught in the hop. I don't think that he thought that interview was going to go national. I, I don't. Uh, no, no, like it, it was the IB. It was, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was the AIB Club Awards. So he was being interviewed by internal AIB interview. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, Jimmy, who's your current employer? <laughs> Have you been no, given a script on this? <laughs> what, what I would, what I would say in it though is that. It, it is somebody who probably isn't overly exposed to doing interviews, right? And yeah. how do you spoke about I'm it before? Sure. And I, I'd say, I'd say, if you search my tweets, you will find a lot of tweets from the years 2011, 2015, when I became a bit more professional, bemoaning Dublin GA interviews. It sucked the soul <laughs> out, of, out of the world. I enjoy doing that. It does. I have a good laugh. Of you only did one or two. I remember Malik. Yeah, yeah, no. Predict the phone. And I'd say. I'd say people have been listening to you speaking on the football pod since last May and they can't get over how open and how actually intelligent you are in the game of Gaelic yeah, football. Yeah, what a lesson. You know? But, but, but what I would say is that... Tommy, that's what that is. <laughs> Sharing on that, right? the masses. You were, you were, but, but what I would say is, right, Kilku, obviously, an incredible story, amazing story. The Brannigans, he's one of five brothers, okay? Yeah, They're a small from. village. Yeah. They're a small village. What they've done is absolutely remarkable. What I might, What I will add to that is that they're probably in their own bubble, okay? And plenty of counties over the last, even like the last decade, have divides in the middle of their county. They have club players who won't look at each other when they get into a county setup. Sean Boylan had an awful job in Mead when he first came in. They yeah. actually get players to pass to each other in training. So, like, Down clearly have an issue at the minute that they need, they need to, to fix within the county. I think what Brannigan is saying probably... Do you think that interview is going to help fix any of that? Maybe this will be a reckoning moment where people will actually Rob get stuff on the paper. Rob Ke- and they'll actually. Rob Kearney in the Munster and Leicester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leicester. Exactly. Maybe this can be a moment where they can actually fix what's happening. Because I actually think down football can bounce back. If you look at it, what Kilku had, they were able to rise above all the clubs in the land and win that club, Ireland. Yes, it's a very different level. Kilku lads don't they seem to win mix no. with anyone else because no one else has their mentality. So unless Kilku can just be the whole down team, yeah. and Kilku takes over management and James McCartan is thrown out, that's what. That's, the, the team in that interview. It, I have no definitely. problem with Kilku winning the All Ireland and the boys being great fellas. That fair play to them. Mm. But to be throwing stones from outside the camp, having well, never spent a minute inside it, that's the issue I have with it. Uh, that's kind of what I was getting to with my questions around the conditioning and the difference that's there from going from even a club at Ireland level to going into inter county football. But what I wanted to add to that was you came an inter county an inter county training game is of higher quality and intensity than the All-Ireland Club final. 100%. At the, at, our, at the top level. Top teams. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Not even close. Not even ballpark. I think that's obvious when you're seeing the difference in the games that we're seeing even in the county level. I think that is obvious. But what I wanted to add to it was you came from one of the highest performing environments that we've had on this island in Dublin. You guys swept the dressing room when you left. Yeah. So, but you are coming from the top tier where everything with you guys was honest, open. You had it right for five or six years. There's no way you win five or six Irelands in a row without having that open, honest environment. I'm sure that there was times that the Dublin dressing room was fractured. Maybe when Patter was involved or when you would have walked in yourself. Like, not all counties are in a good place. And that is yeah. very obvious when you look at it across the board. 
I just, yeah, I think, I think. Do you know how that gets fixed? Mm, Internally. From the people, and you have these harsh conversations. I have no problem. I'd have absolutely no problem whatsoever reading his article last week. If he spent the last two, three, four years in the down camp and he's just pissed off because lads are taking the mick, then you have a leg to stand on. Yeah. Dressing rooms don't get fixed from the outside, from supporters or the media slating everyone. Mm. It's fixed from inside. If there's an issue and club players don't like the other club players, you sit down and you talk about it in the dressing room. And it's up to the coaches. It's up to the coaches and the leaders in the team to fix that. Like, yeah. Rob, I didn't think we were talking about Rob Carney in the football pod, but things like that. Everyone knows that story. Yes, not ever. There were loads of times within with our team. I'm sure James, you could say the same, where there was issues with players or after games where it was just people weren't happy. You fix it inside. Yeah. This idea that I'm just going to stand on the outside. I'm not even going to get involved, even though I've been asked and I've something to offer because I'm just not arsed and they don't have the same mentality as me. That is an unbelievably weak mindset. It's selfish. And that's why it annoyed me. So yeah. if you want to go and fix down football, get involved and fix it. Well, hopefully, hopefully, stupid interviews. hopefully it can be fixed because it'd be brilliant to see a county like that come back. I'll leave, I'll leave this part of the chat with <laughs> the final line from Maliki Clerkin's piece in the Irish Times. Loved today. it. Fair play Sitting- to Matt. Sitting on the sidelines spitting jobs is the easy thing. Much like being a club player, anyone can do it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good piece of writing. So Pulitzer Prize for man. We got a we got Lock a little sideline. Got a little sideline, lads. I'm gonna have to move this conversation on a little quicker because I got rush tickets to Martin McDonough's play, Hangman tonight. So I'm heading off to that in a little while. Who's, so, who's the A listers in that? Is any anyone good in it? Oh, I don't know who's in it. I didn't even look to be honest. Oh. <laughs> she, she, forgot, she forgot. Broadway away. And I get stick for going one of on the, holidays. One of the books in Game of Thrones, I think, uh, is in it. So I think we're going to move on here to a bit of the analysis just to give the results. Not that you didn't know them already. Kerry 23, Cork 11 points at the weekend. Galway with 420, Leitrim 9 points. Donegal 216, Cavan 16. Let's come back and talk about Donegal in a moment. You are listening to episode 16 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James Donahue. We're going to be back right after this. You are very welcome back to the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James Donahue. It is brought to you by AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Paddy Andrews, you were very impressed with the Cavan Donegal game. Pleasantly surprised, yeah, mm. I have to say. Uh, it was a really good game, and I wasn't expecting it. I, I, I thought Donegal would win relatively comfortably, but to be fair to Cavan, um, I thought they were very well organised, and they had some big performances. Um, I thought Thomas Gallagher was brilliant in the first half, kind of dropping back, frustrating Donegal. But it was what we spoke about with Cork. They had an attacking game plan to go with it as well. And Mickey Graham had the guys well, well set up, an absolute handful inside for the Donegal full back line with, with Paddy Lynch and James Smith. Yeah. Like Paddy Lynch started like a house on fire and he was being picked up by Brendan McCall, who, who was doing a phenomenal job on a lot of the top forwards in the country throughout the National League and also on Reno Neal the last day. And himself and Paddy Smith were causing all sorts of, of havoc for, for Donegal in the first half. But it was that. Cavan were getting bodies back, frustrating Donegal. They were getting blocks, they were getting turnovers. We expect that endeavour from you know, the so-called underdog, but it was how they attacked. Real speed, real pace, kicking the ball, transitioning the ball really fast up the pitch. 
And when they got to a point, 50, 60 yards from goal, if it wasn't on, it was like, right, let's let the ball in long, into Paddy Lynch, into James Smith. And they were getting scores out of it. And like, like they go in nine all at half time. We get into the last quarter, 14 points each. Gerald McKiernan steps up in the second half. He's pretty quiet. That Steve mm. McMenamin did a pretty good job on him in the first half, but he steps up to real leader for Cavan and kicks a couple of points in the second half. And you think they have got this game plan absolutely spot on. Solid defensively, got their matchups right, but have a real attack and threat. And ultimately, a couple of fortuitous goals for Donegal down the stretch, and that ends up pulling away. But in terms of their setup and how they played, and some of their key performers really stood up. It was a really positive day for Cavan drawback that they're, they're obviously because they're they're only Division 4 after winning Division 4 they're not still in the championship they go into the Talton Cup but performances like that in that competition they'd be red hot favourites as far as I would see to, to yeah. win that competition I'd love to see Cavan go and um, add another bit of silverware to their ultimate yeah. title in 2020 and just take it really seriously it'd be brilliant to see James were you worried for the only goal in the 65th minute before they got that goal? I was um, I think that so, oh, Kevin were waltzing through Donegal at times. Mm. Like Donegal were getting bodies back, but I don't think they put enough contact on them around the middle. And Galligan, what a player Galligan is. I mean, he is <laughs> he is an operator. And then into Lynch and Smith, like those fellas are serious ballers and they yes. created some serious trouble. If Kevin had kicked the ball up in the air twice and got two lucky goals and won by six or seven points, couldn't argue with it. Do you know, because yeah. it could have gone either way completely. It looked like two even teams. And in fairness yeah. to Mark Beardy, he stepped up. He got a great score, um, just hooked over a great point off the left. Yeah. He, he put a bit of pace into an attack in the first half where he went for goal. You could tell there was a bit of panic around Mark Beardy. And even though he shipped the shot in the jaw, he still had the composure to finish the second goal to, to kill the game. But kudos to Kevin. I thought they were outstanding. Played a great brand of football and some of their individual performances were class. Yeah. Yeah, I know that Brady had a very good battle. Yes, McBurton, he gets the, a couple of scores at the end. You're right. He's just blocked down before that, Jimmy. Yeah, I thought he was concussed and he did that. I was like, he doesn't look right. <laughs> it didn't look right. He was standing still and he kicked it. It was like, it didn't look great. But then the, literally the next ball he gets, no hesitation, just bang, pulls yeah. the trigger. That's class. That's, that's that bit of class. Um, I, I'd have any, if there was one drawback, the first goal, I had a question marks over Raymond Gallagher. I was looking at it and it just didn't look right at the time. Like it's, it's three on one on Murphy in on the square. And just because it's Murphy, like Killian Clark is there with him. Like they have that situation set and Raymond Gallagher just comes flying out of the goal. And they're thinking, there's no need for him to come out there. There's no, like it's nearly four it, on one then. It was exactly like, like a bit of panic and it breaks. There's no call. I was looking up, surely he'd come out and he's roared and everyone else is then down for the break. There's not. You see it on the replay. And it's just that confusion and that bit of panic from the goalkeepers trying to get excited, get involved, and it breaks. And that that deflection goes, or not deflection, it was a reasonable finish, obviously. It was a good finish. It was a that, good that, finish. But that puts Donegal four points up, 116 to 15. And, and the, the race was run at that point. Cavan never get that back. And it's just that moment. It's, it's frustrating for Cavan because it was... Paddy, it was a carbon copy. It was a carbon copy of Conor Madden's goal in 2020. McKiernan sending the ball in, Sean Patton coming off his line, Fox straight in the Madden's hands. And that game, I think Cavan were leading by a point going into injury time. 
and there was four or five minutes left after it. Like it was on a knife edge going into the 69. Yeah. Again. So the, the shades there now, like look at look at the year Cavan had that year. What can Donegal do from here, James Dunhu? Are they going to enter the Ulster final as favourites against either Monaghan or Derry? I love looking at performances and seeing where the improvement is going to come. And I can see a load of scope again for Donegal. Yeah, like yeah, they left really. a lot out there. They like they kind of sleepwalked into that game, even though they were caught a couple of years ago. They yeah. just went into that game and they could have been caught again. Very easily could have been caught again. But what I think they can improve the most is their half forward line almost played the game at a pace, at Kevin's pace. So like Kevin have been exposed to obviously division four football, but sometimes when a team is playing in a lower league, you need to inject a, a lot of pace quickly just to kind of, just to get your own game going. Yeah, but yeah. they, they, they played at Kevin's level uh, in terms of the pace of the game. Um, which was exceptional by Kevin. They were kicking some great scores, but I think that Donegal can play at a faster game and they relied on their half-back line to punch all the holes, whereas usually we're talking about Donegal and we're saying Langan's thrown over points, um, Thompson's thrown over points, they're they're cutting in, they're creating goal chances, but it just didn't happen for them. They relied a lot on their half-back line. But I think if they just tweak their half-forward line and make sure they do that attacking threat with a bit more pace, I think that 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 will steer them right again. Are you, you're not calling for Kieran Thompson or Michael Langan or Shane O'Donnell to be dropped? Are you calling for a change oh, no. of personnel there? No, no, just... no, no, no. These fellas are top top players. But sometimes you can just be, you can kind of just play the opposition's game. I think they did that a bit. Like Langan just, I think he had an extra gear in him, but he just, he didn't. Oh, it. Two or three gears. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the positive for Donegal, Tom, if you look at it, right? Hmm. I thought the best player, I thought Patton was exceptional in goal. The guys that really got them through were Bon Gallagher and Patter Morgan. They yeah. were bringing, they were playing at a pace above yeah. what Cavan could deal with. They're Jamie awesome. Brennan kicks four points. He was impressive in the first half. And then McBrearty, McBrearty kind of just plays this way. He, he can be very quiet for age, massive periods of the game, but he just has that mentality that he, he he's going to get you a couple of scores. But if you look, Langan, Thompson, Michael Murphy, Ryan McHugh, they were all middle of the road performances the level we know they can get to. And that's the danger with Donegal. And that's what we're always waiting for with Donegal is that if there's a game where all of those guys click, where Bon Gallagher and Patter Morgan are flying up the pitch, Murphy's playing like he can. Ryan McHugh was influencing the game. Langan and Thompson are kicking their 40, 50-yard scores. And Jamie Brennan and McBrearty are inside causing havoc. If all of that happens at the same time, Donegal can win the All-Ireland. That's the quality. And the frustrating thing for us, and for, I'm sure for Donegal, I'm sure for Declan Bonner, is it just doesn't seem to happen. Yesterday was another example. It was enough to get through the game, as good as Cavan were. Those guys were leading Donegal. When you get to the later stages, and they'll start in the Ulster final, whether it's against Monaghan or whether it's against Derry, and then most certainly they'll get that feedback in an All-Ireland series against if they're down in Crow Park, they need all of those guys to play well in sync. Yesterday, like I said, those guys were exceptional. Morgan, Bon Gallagher, Brennan in the first half, probably not as so much in the second half. And then Patton, we just, I can't go through without Sean Patton save from James oh, Smith in the first half. Yes, <laughs> unbelievable. Like, oh, the, the lad, poor lads in RT commentary took about four replays to realise it was actually a save. <laughs> I straight away, I see, I go, he's after touching that. Because it was for not, the kick pass in by Moina. Like it was so very smart. Uh, James Smith pulls off onto Ryan McHugh. 
Mm. That's good coaching. That's good awareness in the game. Brilliant fetch. And he rifles it. And it would have been a phenomenal goal. And Pat, what a save. Kickouts were phenomenal. Chipping them out, but then he hurt Cavan with a few long ones in the first half as well. But that save, it's keepers tend to we focus a lot on our kickouts, which are so important. But yes. that was just out and out shot stopping of well, highest I, order. Massive, what, massive play. Watching it at that time as well. The cat that would have been a four point lead for Cavanley. I was watching in the long haul and there was actually a fairly decent uh, Donegal crowd in watching it. Um, there was a, a couple of Cavan bartenders, Hugh's daughter in the yeah, yeah. the daughter on is now working in, in, the, in the long haul at the minute. So it felt a like a Cavan- yeah, brilliant spot. <laughs> that we're, we're hoping to get over record, the pod. It's a great yeah. spot. It just felt like if that goal had gone in, the way Cavan were playing, they were playing with such confidence, had their chests out. You mentioned the likes of Gallagher mm-hmm. and Smith. They're box office footballers. They know how to yeah. do it. They know how Big to turn plays. it on. It just felt like, and you mentioned the word sleepwalk earlier on with Donegal, and I just can't shake that feeling that some other players are like that sometimes. Yeah, It just felt like if Cavan had got a goal, lad, that they would have just held off Donegal. And as you said, James, you wouldn't have begrudged Cavan a six or seven point victory. You wouldn't. Because, because of their quality. Like mm. It wasn't like they were, they were getting back and, and frustrating Donegal. Like Donegal were attacking and scoring as well, but Cavan were just coming back and chipping Fantastic scores. Like Paddy Lynch in Farrison, he was old every time. Yeah, strong. Got his shot off. Even when it looked like he was cut off one way, he'd get a shot off the other way. He, he probably did tire second half. He had a couple of shots that, yeah. um, that just tailed off for him, but he could have had an absolute barren summer altogether if he slotted them over. Mm. But I think that Dungall had that massive day against Armagh and they were just on a little bit of a lull in this one, but I think they'll bounce again. That's what I mean. Is it a bad, like I would say that it's not a bad place to be if Murphy, McHugh, McBrearty, yeah. those boys have a lot more in them. But it, it's a sign of a good team that if you play with the same intensity and, and swagger and every, every, every day, do you know? Yeah. But Donegal do seem to be on a kind of an up and down curve depending on the opposition. So all it takes is for you to have an off day against good opposition and you're gone. Do you know? That's they, what's happened to them, James, over the last number of years. They, they've had that. Yeah. There's no doubt, like if those boys play well, they can beat any team. They have that is the quality Donegal have, but it's that consistency which separates a good team from being a great team. A great team's winning all Ireland. And that's there's no like Donegal, they're the all Ireland is a target for them. They're around long enough, some of those players, like winning an Ulster will be great and all that, but it's an all Ireland because they know they have the quality there. And so a positive from it, they've got through the game. It's not like they, yeah. they were lost and they got caught. They've got through it. They're in an Ulster final. There's loads for them to take away from it. Those players will know, is there, like Murphy, Ryan McHugh, these guys, is there more in them? They'll know themselves. They don't need anyone else to tell them that. Yeah. And they're going to have to do that in two weeks' time in an Ulster final. And, and beyond that, if they're going to get where they want to go to. Yeah, we're going to talk about Monaghan Derry shortly. James, go on, jump in there before we move on. Just in terms of just something that popped into me, you can't overstate the value of a goal when you're the underdog. If Cavan mm. had got that goal, it would they already had serious belief, but it would have seriously gone, yeah. whoa, we can actually win this. Like when I was in, in Park Urin, if Cork had somehow managed to sneak a goal, it would have given them that bit of belief. But mm. they, they didn't really come close to it. Whereas it's the energy, James, doesn't it? Like it's, yeah. like it's hard work running after the ball and chase. But if you all of a sudden you nick a goal and now you have a four point lead, yeah, exactly. You are, you have Absolutely. a bit more about it. It's, and for that, those runs become easier to do. Like they do, 100%. And for that to go to the favorites, for that to go to Donegal, 
was a massive swing, do you know? Yeah. And it just it just finished them off. But it's interesting that you mentioned if they got that goal chance, I think it would have given them a right chance. That, I just feel like the way they were playing. Three minutes before half time. I just think the way they were playing. I just think the people they are, the way they were playing, the county that they are, the support that would have been there, I just think they would have held off Donegal. But I also think Donegal are in a really good position going into the Ulster final. We'll come back to Monaghan there in a couple of minutes. Just sticking on Parky Rain, we talked about it. We didn't really get too in-depth in our analysis. I just have a question or two on it. Sean O'Sullivan has sent in a question. Is James worried about the lack of goal chances that Kerry created? No. Straight out because of the the way that game played out in terms of Cork got all the bodies back. It was already a small field. There was literally no space there. <laughs> uh, like it was very tight. I, I'd be more worried about Kerry not maybe scoring enough in the 50 minutes. No, mm. after 50, they put the afterburners on and Shawnee Shane a few more. And Ganey came on and kicked two absolute sumptuous yeah, fights. As for the goal chances, Clifford had a great goal chance. It was stopped. That was as much really as was going to happen on that day. So I wouldn't be worried about okay. it. I think that when, if you got a different venue, there would definitely be more goal chances there. So it's, it's Colin Manny makes a one-point game with 51 minutes. Around that time, Jack O'Connor looks to his bench and he pulls out David Moran, Paul Murphy, and Paul Ganey. Yeah. We talk about the importance of panel. Sounds like a testimonial match at once. I thought Tomás O'Shea was going to come on. I seen him in the stand as well. <laughs> yeah, you were looking for a donahue who to come out of Parky Rinsen. John, Timmy, did you bring the boots with you, Jim? I had oh. the boots tied around my neck. Like. Yeah, the boots and the gloves. <laughs> no, like, spare yeah. set of gloves. Spare <laughs> set of macassas. <laughs> but no, even yeah. when, the boys, when the boys came on, there was like a murmur in the stand. It was like, whoa, here, here we go now. Do you know, Here's the, the Calvary. Yeah, it was it was a good it was a good change in atmosphere when the boys came on. Like, we look at the kick that Tyrone got off the bench last year. They were bringing in the likes of McShane, McCann, Canavan, game changers. Are, are Kerry going to play this way? Do you get the sense that David Moran is going to be a twenty-five minute man? That Paul Ganey could be a twenty-minute man, or is it going to be horses for courses? I, I honestly couldn't answer you that. I mean, the only thing I would say is that Ganey plays the game so easily. It's just, it just comes so naturally to him. And he brings other forwards into play. Like when he gets it, he's not selfish. He doesn't throw a leg at anything. He doesn't go outside his range. He'll always slip a fella in for that goal chance we were talking about. Or he'll work a score. So he's someone I think that'll probably... He's probably better starting the game. Even though he did get two great scores, I think he's a starter. Um, and it was very much a case of I'll have my jersey back nearly when he came on. He kind of had the chest out. He was just looked like he was um, he was ready for it. As for Moran, nobody knows um, what what his fitness value is at the moment. You know, he looked he looked imperious in the air. Um, and Cork were obviously stuck. They had their sub goalie in who plays midfield for his club. And Kerry pushed up on the kick out and he had to go long. He was going yeah. long to Moran. Moran was cleaning up in the air. So Moran looked brilliant as well. Um, and it was just when Kerry turned the screw, it was down to the two of them. If I'm looking from the outside, I would imagine if, the, if Kerry get out the crow park, I think Ganey would start. I agree. Um, I don't think Moran would start. I don't think Paul Murphy would start. I think that game, the environment suited those substitutions really well. There's no doubt Moran... And Paul Murphy will have a role to play, most certainly, but I don't think it's going to be from the start. If you're taking those big games, the athleticism needed around the middle of the pitch, I think they could be 15, 20 minutes at the end. And that experience and the class those guys have, Brilliant. that's yeah. where it's important. But Ganey, I think, is slightly different. I, I could see, most certainly, him starting in, in the bigger games. 
And to be fair to Kerry, mid, like a midfield is probably the one area they, they, they did dominate for the whole game. Dermot O'Connor just carried on. I thought he was excellent again. And Jack Barry, he, Jack Barry just brings that edge to the midfield that you need someone like that in around the team to take on an opposition midfielder. I think he's suited for that. And I just, I, I think Moran will play, but it'll be later on in game. He adds, but doesn't he add something so so much different to everyone else in around midfield? But more like the. I was class. The ability to put ball in. magic, like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just such good options. Aces in the pack for Jack O'Connor to be able to turn around and bring on, you know? He talked out, he talked out a bigger man than everyone else as well. You know, he, he looked like, like a 20 year old in an under 16 game. You know, he came on and he looked massive. He, he looked was, like, he looked like Michael McLeanan. He looked like uh, Michael McLeanan <laughs> in the 20s. <laughs> He's doing the 20s, man. Up enough, fellas. Yeah. The, the birds start out. Check him out. Yeah, Matty McLean's young lad. Like, um, he got some great scores. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, very interesting. So, was there anything else from Parky Rin that stood out to you in terms of even, like, we spoke about Cork there and just having that lack of plan B from the 50th minute to push on and win. But, like, as we said, that could be year two, year three of this, this Rickon uh, phase, hopefully. So, like... There's definitely potential there with Cork. Like, there... There has to be, though. There is. They... Their full forward line was excellent. They, like Tom Sullivan got um, a handful of, of it off Manny, and Sherlock kicked every free. Um, the score he got from play, a special mention for that. that yeah, was cool. a little, little bit of class. Credit where it's due. Yeah, Tommy hopping over outside the right. That was class. Um, if they had another score, maybe from the half forward line, they would. They, it would take them to another level. I think. Yeah, um, like, there's also like the, 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 like I thought Powder was excellent in that kind of sweeper role. Flahov is like if he, if he's getting their grips with, with Clifford, that should give him confidence that if you can do that with Clifford, you know there are probably a lot of forwards around the country. Ian McGuire was clearly injured, like, and that's when the ball was going out long, he couldn't really compete at a full yeah. tilt at all, yeah. um, like serious bravery. But but that was a loss. That was an impact. That does David Moore come on and have the kind of the free ride he would have if. If Maguire's at his best and he's in full health and things, so like there are positives for Cork. There's no no doubt about it. But it's about building on that, and it's you'd, you'd nearly think would it be better, lads, if they if they were in the Talton Cup and they could get it run, yeah, and win that because they they could go out and like say it's very early in their in their development as a team. They could go out and get Mayo maybe or something like that in, their, in, in the first round of the qualifiers, and, and they could be you'd expect them to be beaten. And that's yeah. the season over and it's Cork need to get momentum. They need to get momentum into that team because there's there's shoots of a team there. For, Absolutely. They need, they need to do the right things over the next the, the next kind of 12, 18 months to start pushing up to where they feel they should where they feel they belong and it'd be great to see them. Like a strong Cork is better for Kerry and it's better for GA across the board. So hopefully Saturday night was the first part of that. Yeah, exactly. We were speaking about how open a championship in All Ireland it's been. Cork and Down, All Ireland final 2010. Hopefully, those two counties are on the road back. Just to mention Kevin Flav and Colin Manny were both named in the GA team of the week. Just looking at it here Gavin White, Sean O'Shea, and Stephen O'Brien were yeah. carried. Stephen O'Brien was good, fair from yeah. Sean Patton in goal, Stephen McMiniman, Owen Bon Gallagher in defence, Bunny Gall, Jamie Brennan got picked as well. Galway have four lads. Galway really took off in the second half against Leitrim. Patrick Kelly come off the bench, scored 2-1. Niall Daly come off the bench, scored a goal. Um, Owen Gallagher got a goal off the bench and Desi Keenan got a point. They got 4-1 off the bench in the second half. So I, it, it wasn't just 
the fact that uh, their conditioning and the difference in skill led the way. It was the depth I think Galway had. The, the bring it, it, That firepower off the bench is, is going to be huge for them. So Galway are going up against Roscommon in the Connacht final. Kerry are facing either Tipperary or Limerick. We'll know the winners of that game next week. We also have the Leinster semi-finals next weekend, Kildare West Mead, Dublin Mead. And we've got the Ulster semi-final, the second one, Monaghan Derry, the winner plays Donegal in the Ulster final. Galway putting up a big score against Leitrim. Would that give you any clues to how they're set up to face Roscommon? Or in the, yeah, Roscommon in the Connacht final? Um, I wasn't overly impressed. Um, like I say, to, to second half, particularly the last quarter, pulled away, there's no doubt about it. But like, there were seven points up at half time. It was more, I think Leitrim probably ran out of gas. Similar to what we said in the two other games we were talking about earlier, but like for Galway, look, they've won the game four twenty to to what was it nine points. So all in all, we asked them to be ruthless. We asked them to put Leitrim to the sword. They got there in the end. Yeah, for Galway, the big big test they're going to get. They come through against Mayo and got a lot of credit for it and fair play to them for that. They've done what they had to do eventually with Leitrim. The Roscommon game is. I think it's massive for both counties. Was Common totally under the radar, and I'm sure they get out about us for not talking about them enough. But it's repeated. That we league, will. Repeated that league final, which was a brilliant game to watch. Yeah. Points going over from everywhere. I think there was about four tackles in the whole of that game. Um, God, yeah. we're going to need to improve on that. Because the one thing we've always said at Ross Common, stand off them. They have guys that can shoot and guys that can score. God, we will be in a world of trouble. If they do that, I expect them to revert to that Mayo S performance. I think they should. If they do that and they do it well, I expect them to win that game. But it's, it's still an unknown quantity there. We know a hell of a lot more in two weeks' time when they play. Right. Yeah, there's no venue for that Connacht final on Sunday 29. That would make a big difference wherever that game is being played. So keep an eye out on that one. The performance of the week, lads, possibly came from Tyrone under 20, Rory Cannon. The best of a lot potentially to come out of the Canavan household. Eight points he kicked <laughs> that under twenty game. I'm Go easy jump. there now. Go easy. He's a, he's a long way to go, but eight eight points he kicked. Shot the lights out. Uh, Declan Sullivan's carry were caught really in the last ten minutes. They've been leading for a decent chunk of that game. Tyrone come back and won it by a couple of points. That I know you're you've got friends in the Kildare camp, Paddy. That is going to be a, that is going to be a good game of football. It'd be a great That's game. Issue with it. Why is it not in Crow Park as a double header? <laughs> Why, What's I, the story? The county, well, like, the county there. Why did Kildare kick up a fuss about that? I, I think there's almost a distraction. Do you know what I mean? If they said to the players, right, it's going to be on here, but it might be on here. It's just something that gets into a 19-year-old's head. He might be disappointed to know it's not on yeah. in Crow Park. I nearly just said, wherever it's on, it's on. Wherever it's on, it's on. No, obviously, it should be. It would be unbelievable if it's on in Crow Park. But yeah. just a distraction for a young lad. I was surprised, I must say. You'd bump up the attendance that you get over, you'd be in around the 60,000, <laughs> mark if you put it in there. But you think? It, uh, uh, well, I think the whole of Kildare would be at it. The buzz well, around Kildare, put it on a 12, Kildare on a 2, ship them all out, then let all the Dubs fans in for the Dublin Mail, our Dublin Mail game. That's the job. But it's, it's in Carrick and Shannon, I see. Mm-hmm. It's in Carrick. Uh, I think two really good teams. Like I said, I watched the. The under-20 Leinster final was a brilliant game between Dublin and Kildare. Kildare, really good side to watch the way they play. Mm. Some beautiful forwards themselves. Yeah, Tyrone, obviously, 
Canavan, there's probably a little bit of pressure building up on him now as his performance throughout this championship has been outstanding, not to mention the name, obviously. Uh, but I think it'll be a brilliant game on Saturday night. I think it, re- it really will. Um, but I just think it would have been nice to to see it at Croker on Sunday, but alas. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's like no more than us, lads. We're only little must, guys. That must be it, Patrick. It's on TG Carr on Saturday evening, so at least we are getting a game on TV on Saturday. It's, it's the only game on TV, I believe. Well, the only, the only football game apart from Monaghan Derry, which is going to be on BBC Sports. So hopefully well, you boys can get BBC, can get BBC Sport. James, can you get BBC Sport Northern Ireland down in Kerry? I'm going up to it. Oh. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> Your face. Ooh, oh, yeah. I actually I, would love to go to North Championship match. Hey, leave it, leave it with me. I can get that organized. It'll still be in New York. You just find so away your Sunday there, Jimmy. <laughs> Where is we'll it? It's in, a, it's in Armagh in the Atlantic Grounds. In the Atlantic Grounds. That'll be that'll be a nasty provincial ground, gents. You like yes. those atmospheres? Yeah, yeah. atmosphere yeah. at that. You will. And there's points to be kicked there as well. Do you know it's a, it's a kicker's field? You don't fancy Croker on Sunday, Jimmy, no? Croker on Sunday. What's me till there? Be good. Nah, but a good game. I I can't see that being a good game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I reckon Kildare win that by seven or eight. I reckon Dublin win by seven or eight. Yeah. I reckon I reckon Kildare twenties will win by. Just ruined Tommy's night in New York there. Tell him that Mead have no chance. Me don't have any chance. <laughs> did, did my eyes deceive me or did I see our good friend Anthony Miles on off the ball this morning big enough mead? That's just, well, I don't know if he, he must have been out he, last weekend. I don't know if he bumped into the town today and he was all smiles. He was all action. Big week from now. I, I won't say Miles was big enough mead, but he was asked to give a percentage of a chance that mead have to win. What do you think he said? 40. I watched he said, it. He said 40, yeah. 40% chance. And I didn't believe him. And he works in finance. Yeah, I was surprised that he said 40% chance because myself and Anthony had a convention during the week where we said we'd, we'd keep it quiet this week. You know? Is this the first part where you weren't going to speak about me? I just, I just am very, very happy to hear that they're being written off. Mm-hmm. No, Crow no, Park no. is not the venue they would have wanted either. Like, do you know? No, I don't think it, I don't think it matters. I don't it think it matters it to me. Would have been good it doesn't matter. It does matter. It matters no, it to Dublin. It does That's matter. It matters, it matters does. to me. What I mean, what? Oh, sorry. What I mean is, I don't think it matters to the players or the management. I don't think it was a factor for them. I think. Oh, no, I actually think. I think it would be a leveler. I think it would be an absolute leveler if it was played. Like the Dubs get all the decisions, as we know in Crow Park. Um, True. Dubs, you know, home advantage. Pay, AIG paid the refs, so. Yeah, we've all a little bit, little advantages. Like you, Gerard James. I never. James is one of his mentality now. If I see one made player wearing gloves in that game, just write it off. I don't even play the game. Scrap it. Yeah. Do you not agree with me on the gloves? Abuse. We never wore them. We just had field them. We just knew like. I, I I actually don't like wearing gloves. So I, like I'm not saying I wouldn't have picked up on it, but I don't like wearing gloves. I hate wearing I gloves, actually, even if it's raining. I was actually even wrong. if it's raining. I said, ten. I said ten. It was actually ten of the outfield fourteen. Wow. I, but on the other side, if you no see a goalkeeper, if you see a goalie not wearing gloves, you're like this fellas. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never seen <laughs> <laughs> shoe from yeah, everywhere. That is true. Have you, have you ever no gloves? Forget yeah. it. Have you ever seen that? I've seen. I've I've seen. They're, they're around. All right, yeah. You've been around yeah. the block. Should those goalkeeper gloves add about two inches to the fingers as well? Like they can touch them around the post for a, go- a goal shot. If Patton um, wasn't wearing gloves, he wouldn't have saved uh, <laughs> Snitcher. 
Harry, how many points do you think Dublin are going to beat Mead by? I think it'll be for, seven, seven or eight. Looking for a tw- he's looking for something for Twitter here. Look at him. He's trying to get, tee up some content. Look at him. I think it's going to be a really tight game. <laughs> uh, it will be. Harry, no, no, come on, Paddy. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Who's so going to win? Well, you can't underestimate that winning mentality, which their friend Brannigan spoke about. I, uh, Why am I getting associated I, with that? I, 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 look, I think Dublin are going to win this game. I think Dublin. Um, I'm ex- I'm interested to see them. It's it's a, it will be a massive step up from from what we've seen in Wexford Park. Wexford never really got out got out of gear. So it's hard really to read too much into that. The positives obviously for Dublin are no injuries. Guys got games under their belts. Former Conor Callahan, former Brian Fenton. Um, you're looking for those guys to carry it on. Can we get a few more scores out of guys like Cormac Costello, Kieran Kenny in particularly, um, and the defensive structure? Maybe will ask more questions of that Dublin defence than Wexford did. That was the Achilles heel throughout the National League. Dublin were, were poor probably in a lot of areas of the pitch, but particular attention was paid to the defence. Like they kept Wexford to 12 shots, four points. That's a Division 4 team. They're going to have significantly greater challenges from guys like Killing O'Sullivan and these guys from Mead. Lots more space in Crow Park. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they manage that. But if you're looking for... I don't think Mead have a 40% chance of winning this game. I think Dublin will win this comfortably. Six, seven points plus. Yeah, I would I would have thought the 40% was quite a high number to put on it, especially given... Noisy must have been out last night, hasn't it? Ah no, I don't. I don't know if that like. There's always. Uh, I would have previously been guilty of having a a confidence going into Dublin Mead games that I don't know where I got it from. I'm not saying there's any confidence History, there whatsoever. In it. But what what I would say is that can there not be something from that third quarter last year where they rattled Dublin and they brought the scores back to relatively close? I think there was three points in it with maybe seven minutes to go or something like that, and then Brian Fenton keeps the ball in the corner and Dublin finally get a score. And they pull away to win by six. Is there not something in that 20 minutes where you're feeling that buzz of actually rattling Dublin for the first time in five years? And you're like, we can actually get to the level of these buzz. And I know Mead had a poor league campaign and I picked up a if bit of If you're basing your motivation 12 months later for the game of 10 minutes of performance. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I, I wouldn't be Personally, I wouldn't be taking too much out of that. I would be looking at something far more tangible and more recent than okay. a 10 minute period 12 months ago. But if that's what made her hanging on to, I'll I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's what they're hanging on to. What I'm saying is that is that not something that you can tap into and say, can I we not replicate this James. across the board? I suppose what you're saying, Tommy, is <laughs> can they pick up any sort of belief from that, that feeling that they thought they had them rattled? Can they tap into that again? Like, Possibly, but if you were to assess Dublin last year, they were probably on a, a downhill kind of route. Whereas I think they've hit Bach Rotham, or Bach Rotham, rock bottom, and they're they're on the way back up. Do you know? I think, do you not do you not, do you not think, think there's a there's a slight fragility there though with Dublin? There is. The Mead won't won't get there though. I don't. I don't. I don't think they have enough power up front. Mm. Even yeah. Mickey Newman there would have thrown over seven or eight frees to keep you in the game. Mm. Like someone like that, I, I, I just don't think they have. I'd agree, Tommy. Like we spoke about this throughout the the league, in particular, the aura around Dublin has definitely waned. There's no two ways. Like you're looking over the last decade, games in the Leinster Championship, it was no hope you were giving teams. The fact that we're even having this conversation, there's no doubt Dublin have regressed towards the pack. But you have to remember they were they were so far ahead in Leinster that there's still a gap there. 
if there's a team that, that's really going to catch them, I, I don't expect it to be on Sunday. I would expect Kildare to be best placed to do that. Yeah. Made, I just feel when we touched on this, I'm not seeing any positivity for me from this season. I'm not seeing a, a performance where I'm going, yes, that is, that's dangerous. I think maybe 18 months ago, when they're in Division 1 and they were putting in solid performance, they didn't get the results they wanted, but you're thinking, right, Mead can have a right rattle. They get relegated to Division 2. I think it, it comes back to that game in Newbridge last yeah. year in the National League. It was Kildare against Mead to get promoted to Division 1. You expected Mead to win that and they were beaten and they were beaten in bad circumstances. It didn't play well. And that kind of just... I haven't seen any bounce back from Mead since that. That's why for Sunday, I can't see it. I can't see it, but we'll see. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to predict a Mead win. I just feel that Mead have gone into Leinster finals previously, and I'm not saying they didn't have the winning mentality, but I just feel like they were going up against a Dublin team that were unshakable, that were absolutely at the peak of their powers. Think about that Leinster final where the score is four points to no score at halftime. Yeah. Okay, Mead had gotten like Cork did against Kerry. Mead had gotten some parts of their performance right that day defensively. They restricted Dublin to one goal chance and four points. Mead hit the post themselves five or six times in that first half. They just couldn't score. I know that there was players taking freeze that day, getting spooked by their faces appearing on the big screen above them. That's where Mead were at. Like Bernard Brogan's there standing in Crow Park with advertisements going up with his face on them beforehand. Stephen Cluxon's there with tributes being paid to him in Crow Park as he's warming up. And Mead players are getting spooked by their own faces. They never got a tribute, I don't think. I don't think you did, Paddy. But I just feel like Mead were at that stage where Dublin were untouchable for them and they were being derided for it. And I just think it's a nice place to be coming into a game this weekend. Dublin feel well, like they're back in the I group. I don't think there's any pressure but, on them, Tommy. I don't think yeah. there's any pressure on them. Dublin have moved back. There's way more question marks about Dublin now, not just for Mead, for every team looking at them from where they were three, four years ago. But mm. for Mead, they've still got to go and beat them. That's why I think for Kildare... Claire went and bet Dublin a couple of months ago in a Division 1 in a league game. That's that, I'm not saying slang, you need to win a big championship game, but, but yeah. for me, I, I just don't think Mead are in. As Dublin, the question marks around Dublin, I think there's big question marks around Mead as well. Yes, I agree. If I totally Mead agree. were bouncing into this, you'd be like, yeah. this is an interesting one, but I, I just don't think right now we're there. We'll see on no. Sunday. Our predictions have been catastrophically wrong today. But no, 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 no. I don't, I don't think this one's going to be wrong. We got three for three last week. Don't worry, there haven't been that bad. Yeah. Um, no, Tommy. In terms I, of in terms of mentality for me, it's going to be um, McIntyre's last last championship match in charge. So you're thinking? Do you think? Do you think that? Do you really think that? I, I'm certain. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely certain. Stay trying. There's one thing to be certain about. That's, that's <laughs> gloves and McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> so there is an element of kind well, of. Well, that like, was the coup. That was the, that was the county executive meeting last year that you're referring to when the vote went eight seven against them on the night. I'll be honest, that came out of nowhere and that rattled the county in a lot of ways. The club then went and they definitely rattled the dressing room as well. 100%. Oh, it abs- absolutely rattled it. But like that, that completely threw possibly five years of work that definitely wasn't finished yet. Now I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be his last campaign or not. I, I wouldn't write it off, to be honest. I, I, I'm absolutely certain. He can't go back again. Debt, taxes, fisted points, <laughs> McAdee and gloves. Five certainties in life. From James, <laughs> James O'Donoghue. <laughs> <laughs>
I ain't telling you. But you it, take it, that it to the bank, be, baby. It might be. It might be. <laughs> it might be a benefit for them this week that they can row in. They can say, "Let yeah. us all in this dressing room. We are not going to be together again in the Lens Championship match ever again. Can we give it once and for all today?" And like that can be powerful when a group get together like that. She's getting shivers down my spine here, Jimmy. It's only Monday night. Sitting at the kitchen table. I was like Al Pacino. You're not any coaching, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you watching any given Sunday there last night, yeah. <laughs> What a flick. What a flick. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you another certain date. Conor well, Cannon get a goal the weekend. That's what I wanted to ask you. How do you stop Conor Cannon? Number six. <laughs> how, do you, how do you stop Conor scoring a goal this weekend? Because like, Conor's going to get the ball. He's going to turn... The referee is going to let him take seven or eight steps. He's going to bury by his man and he's going to put it in the Percy back. How, how do you stop that? I, I, I suppose the only way you can stop it is by getting ultra physical with him the way that Cork did uh, Clifford the weekend. And then I get disagree with that. But I think the best way to play was actually stand off him. You can have to arrest a match with this one has to get physical. If you get into a wrestling match with him, he is freakishly strong. Oh. But, but the I only think thing you're looking at, I, I think we should be patient with him and, and, and talking to Dublin supporters and like, since the Wexford game, it was beautiful to see him back. Dublin supporters, everyone on WGA, as a teammate of his, to see him go, come back from injury and put in a performance like that. There's just patience required. You can't expect, you would hope, Khan goes out and scores 1 5 or 1 6 every game throughout the summer. I just think you need to be patient with him. If Mead give him space and he gets those one on ones, yes, I think they're going to be under severe pressure. But that's up to Andy McAdee and the defensive system. If you're leaving one guy, just go deal with him. That, that's not going to be the answer. Mead need to get bodies around him. They need to, stop, first thing, try and stop the ball getting into him. That means you've got to get the grips with Fenton. And guys out in the middle of the pitch as well. You, you could so, see that last year. Just, it was the first time I'd ever seen, I, I could witness it from the press box at Crow Park, Khan getting visibly frustrated in that Mayo game. And you could see him drifting further and further out. You couldn't get the ball yeah. into him. He was getting ratty. It's the easiest way to stop them, Tommy, if, if, you, if they can't get the ball. And, and but, that's, if you look at Cork, what, yes, Flahab did a really good job with Clifford, but it was the system. Clifford didn't get a lot of possessions. Yeah. And anything he did, it wasn't just flathead with him. It was three or four cork lads around him. So yeah. when we, we just, of that quality, you can't just rely on one fella to do it. Con, 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 Con and Crow Park, though, is just like everything. He's, he's just a banker for a goal. How do you, James, how would you stop him? I think the, the first man on him, so the number three or number two, has to be in his eye line all the time be pushing shoving him stepping him on his toes just upsetting him a small bit but as much as he can and then they need someone in front constantly so if he does win it that 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 spare defender is just coming back around goal side to stop him going for the goal um, the first man if he wins the ball as soon as he wins it that first man is null and void because he is going to get around him but if he sees two men he, he'll probably stop, turn and maybe take the point. But if it's only one man, forget about it. We saw it with Clifford and O'Hara in, in Crow Park in the league final. Yeah. He got the ball 45 yards out in the wing and he ended up getting a goal. So <laughs> if it's one-on-one and these fellas are so good, I think it's a goal. But yeah, I think yeah, if I'm tapping into Khan's head, I think how excited is he going to be for a game in Crow Park? He hasn't been there in a long time. He hasn't yeah. played a lot of football this year. He's going to be buzzing for it. I just think he is going to be, he's going to be tuned in to get a goal the next day. I think it's a start. Paddy, I hope you go to the game. 
I probably will, yeah. It's our only way of getting a, a proper reading because it it's not going to be televised, as we said last week. It, that's how far it's fallen. Okay, so we're going Dublin, 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 are we? I can't believe those words come out of my mouth. Yes, we are. Kildare, okay. Kildare, Kildare, I feel as well. Kildare, Kildare, Kildare. All right. Mm-hmm. And then when we look at the Ulster semi final, how are we feeling around Monaghan Derry? This is going to be a crack. Yeah, like so hard to call. But being honest, choice between watching Dublin Maid or Derry Monaghan, <laughs> probably uh, the game on BBC is going to be slightly better. I would have thought it's a hard one to call, though, lads, isn't it? Right, like yeah. if you think possible, a big thing for Der- like Derry's performance against Throne was outstanding. Right, I would say to date the standout performance of the championship. Very hard to back that up at that level again the next day out. We're talking about the challenge Donegal are putting in a big performance and getting that consistency that moves you from a good team to a great team. Mm. Derry aren't a great team. If they were, they'd be in Division 1, they'd be winning the last number of Ulster Championships, they'd be competing for all earnings. This is a team very much in its infancy. We've we've seen the potential they have. They have the potential to go on and be a great team. But Sunday's a massive test for them. They're playing, along with Donegal, one of the most experienced, street-smart teams in Ulster. Banty's been around the block for years and years and years. So have a lot of these Monaghan players. They've guys that can score. Uh, it's so tight to come. I, I'm look, I'm in, interested to see can Derry reach those heights again. If they do, I expect it to win. I think if they can get those performances like they got against Throne, but can McKinless play that level again? Can they tie up the modern forwards as well as they did with that defensive system? Can they bring the same energy? And just steamroll Monaghan like they did Tyrone. And that's that's the big thing. It's a tough one to call. Gallagher had his eye on Tyrone for about seven months, I'd yeah. say. And Tyrone you know? were waning. Like Monaghan, Monaghan have energy about them. The thing about the, ty- the, about the Tyrone Derry game is you could argue that game was only on, on, on until the penalty. Yeah. You know, after that, it was game well, over. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was game over. The red card had happened. Penalty went in. Derry could coast to the win. Whereas, is there any possibility? I think there might have been. No, I think Derry would have won, but how they would have resisted the kick in the second half from Tyrone to come at them. So we didn't get to see that. So it'd be interesting no. to see, do they have two halves of that unbelievably intense game style to deal with a Monaghan. You know, yeah. If there's a Monaghan, they don't need that much that much ball from McCarran and McManus. McManus. Do you know? Yeah. yeah, and like, talking about the different games that they had coming into this, Monaghan, you know, put 23 points up against Down, didn't get too much of a resistance in that game. Down got two goals. They're going to go into this game. They're not going to be underdogs. There's very few championship games that Monaghan go into when it gets to this stage of championship and they're not underdogs. I think Monaghan are going to be slight favourites going into this game. Will they carry the weight of that well enough, Paddy? I don't, I, I, I don't think that type of thing will affect Monaghan. This is not a kind of... They're not a rookie team. They're oh, Division yeah. 1 for nearly a decade. They've been in tight scrapes in the Ulster Championship in National League games and they've come out on the right side of it. You can argue... Like they had a right chance of winning the Ulster Championship last year and beating Throne in that game in Crow Park as well. So I, I think you're more certain of a performance from Manning because they've done it year after year after year. If both teams play at their peak, I think Derry will win. But it's 
Derry are still an unknown quantity. Yeah. They, they haven't proven it in championship over years. Yes, an outstanding performance the last day out. But that consistency is going to be the challenge for them. I think the, the athletic rounds will suit them. It's a, it's a, it is a tight pitch. It's claustrophobic. That's going to suit their defensive system. The energy they brought, can they bring it in? Rory Gallagher will have a game plan. There's no two ways about it. We know how good a coach he is. Cam McGuigan get the scores. He probably picked up by Ryan Wiley. Ryan Wiley is very experienced, been around the block himself as well. Um, I just think it's a really, it, it's a, I'm looking forward to a great game. We seen Donegal and Cavan last week or, or yesterday. Brilliant game, the Ulster Championship. Hopefully Sunday's the same. Um, tight to call. I, I, I back my old pal Rory Gallagher to get another performance out of him and and Derry to nick it. But this James. is tight. James, this is tight. Mm. It is a tricky one. I have great time for Derry. Um, again, I always say the Ulster Championship comes down to between the years and how up for it they are. I know the gallery will get Derry absolutely jumping out of their skin for it. I just wonder, the man have they have the kickers inside to put up a big score, um, even though Derry will be getting bodies back. What about McCaig or McManus? Yeah, McCaig. Oh, he is a savage operator in front of Rogers and, and Mohan. I think that mm. Derry can bring the ball out well. <laughs> I'm going with Derry in this one, lads. Who are you going with? Man I, backed, I backed Derry the last day against Tyrone. I don't think there was many who did. I'm going for Monaghan this week. Ooh. I just think... I just think Monaghan are primed for a game like this. I, I think that sure there may be a ceiling on what they have where they can go in the All-Ireland series. I just think Ulster titles, this is their bread and butter. I think I called Roscommon and Monaghan for their provincial titles a good while ago. So oh, look at this. You're up on that high horse again, Tommy. Gonna stick you with that, boys. Co- you had a few cocktails in the long haul at lunch, did you? No, but I'm on my way back now in a few minutes. I, I wouldn't mind if I got it wrong because it's going to be a crack game. Yeah, exactly. I did yeah. say I called Monaghan and... Don't go out to be the the Ulster final when we did it at the start. Are you are you sticking with it though? But like you're allowed to change your mind after seeing Derry. I know, I know. Come on, Jimmy, come over here with me. Thirty <laughs> number seven, Derry. Yeah, I am I going. You, oh, Manhan. Oh, I just think there's more scores than Manhan at the moment. Last time I went against Derry, though. Yeah. What would happen, right? If Kyle McManus comes out on Sunday and he's wearing a pair of orange macassas. Where, where would he fall to when you're credibility like? You'd lose a lot of respect, would you? You would. It depends. It depends if there's any precipitation in the air that day. No precipitation. He's just, he's got It'll a new deal. He's and got a 10 G's deal with Macassa. Well, if you got 10 G's. Well, is there no black macassas? Or even. No, the old schools, the orange ones with the black dots. If he's wearing them. Are you back in Monaghan still? I'm gonna, yeah. It's still. I, I he kicked kick boots and wellies. He kick boots and wellies. <laughs> he kick points and wellies. Sorry, my God. <laughs> Did I say he don't edit boots? any of his bloopers out here. He's had yeah. a helder. No, I love it. We were doing a short podcast so you could head off the Broadway, Tommy. But we're 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 just we're no no stars of tomorrow now in twenty. I don't even know the time in Ireland, but we're rattling up here. Last game of the weekend that we're calling. Actually, last two ones. Give me who's going to win the the twenties there. Before we get to the Munster, they're going to win the twenties. Brian Flanagan's going to lead them to glory. Glory yeah. days. I, I, I'm I'm back in Kildare too. Before you get in there, James, you going against Tyrone again? 
Yeah. What a surprise. Okay, now, the final game of the weekend, Tip and Limerick in the semi-finals of the Munster Championship. I got to watch Limerick up close and personal. I do like Tipperary, Division 4 runners-up. I just think that Limerick, I just, I just think Limerick's going to have enough for them. I'm back in Limerick. Don't go all Limerick. Limerick have momentum. Like Billy Lee, the wins they've got, promoted to Division 2, to go to Ennis and win, the Bulls have winning that penalty shootout. I'm going to go with Limerick in this one. Don't curse them, James. Don't go Limerick, Limerick, Limerick. Well, I did say earlier that I fancied Tip to rattle Jimmy someone. I thought, there was, I thought there was a scalp in Tip at some stage. Do you see would, the you call, uh, would you call Limerick a scalp for Tip? I wouldn't call this a scalp. Division 4. Well, they got promoted. Yeah, so well, Division 3. Division I mean... It's close. I think Tip have a lot more experience. I think that Limerick yeah. do have something about them this year. And you see mm. the difference in the down camp. The down boys went off on the beer without their manager and the Limerick boys took Billy Lee with them. Yeah. Into Icon. <laughs> That's Icon the difference. It's probably house. Probably house Limerick. Where is Icon? Is this a spot in Limerick? Smith's and Icon used to be the spot in Limerick. Yeah, I think it's just after shutting down. Savage. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Roadshow and Limerick, lads. <laughs> I, right, I, I have to call a tip in Limerick. Yeah, uh, come on. I, I think actually could be a draw, but I reckon oh, Limerick. Oh, Jesus. Limerick AET. After this is what the interviews used to do okay. as a player. <laughs> so you're back in Limerick. I'm going Limerick. A penalty yeah. shooter would be nice, lads. Like the rugby has got it the weekend. I hope you get a penalty shootout in the rugby on Saturday afternoon and I hope you make it to Crow Park because we need to have eyes on that Dublin Mead game. I'll be, I'll be at both. I'll be at the Aviva on yeah. Saturday and I'll be in Crow Park Sunday. That is a good weekend for us. James, you had a pretty savage weekend, I think, in the fantasy football. Just to mention that Aidan Friel is now top of our football pod league. Rod, Li- Rod Little Jung ones, he's got probably the best same uh, <laughs> team, I think. From the That's name Colin <laughs> he's got 437 points John Martin's in second from Corner Fane he's got 432 points Kevin Ryan how are you now from the Shrew Glen Carp Club with 402 just going to te- check what O'Donoghue got this week um, oh, should I the clip? what did the Cliff score in the end this week James got 96 oh, points this week the Cliff got 30 points this week. James got 96 Paddy me and you did okay it's not worth writing home about just to remind people that we are on the road this summer with the football pot we're going to be bringing the show to a couple of live venues. Not Cork. Not Cork. Cork and Jerome. We will be announcing, actually, one of our other venues, I think, in the next week or so. But our first venue, our first confirmed venue, is the Thursday, the 2nd of June, in Castlebar. It is going into the June Bank holiday weekend. We should have the qualifier draw next Monday, so we'll know who may or we're playing. We'll oh. have the four provincial finals the weekend beforehand. It is going to be absolutely class. Tickets, there's still a few left. You're more than welcome to go check it out now off the otbsports.com forward slash events or just search for the football pod live on our Ticketmaster page. That is it, boys. Um, I'll let you two get back to what you're up to for the afternoon. I'm going to go enjoy life in Manhattan here for another couple of days. You'll enjoy that. You should have went to Hamilton. Yeah, I might, I might figure that. Thanks very much for joining me. It was great to chat to you and, and catch up with the football. Good night, lads. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. I'll ask you a bit of coaching. Good luck, Paddy. Good luck, James. The Football Pod on OTB Sports. In partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.